It's like a moment from a horror movie. You have been hanging out in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. I've seen this movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Join the club. We've got jackets. And you stole it from a movie. We want you in our club, kid. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And this is the third episode of the month of December 2019, where we are going through the cracks, the movies that we almost missed that came out this year. Um, for this episode, we're going to be reviewing a documentary, uh, Love and Tosha, uh, that came out earlier this year. We'll get into all the specifics uh, later on in the episode. Um, before we get into our reviews, uh, Corey and I like to catch up with how things have been and what else we've been watching since the last time we recorded. Um, so, with that in mind, how you doing, Corey? I'm well. How are you? I am doing quite well. I had a good day today, uh, mostly. Mostly. We're, we're approaching midterms. Um, oh. And I, I, there's, a, there's a couple, man, that just, like, I, I don't get when you are given every tool to succeed still choosing to fail like that kind of thing baffles me um and i know sometimes it it is harder to help than others like there are some people have you know like add or some other disability that maybe is the reason but it doesn't make it less frustrating um from certain moments you know like when you when you realize it you can be like oh i guess i shouldn't have been upset but like in the moment you know it's just like oh, I do so much to try to make sure everyone's on the same page. And it's like, when that question comes where you can tell they weren't listening, it's just like, oh, come on, try, like, make an effort. Like, I know I talk a lot, but geez, I don't make you take a lot of notes. Like, just write down the thing I tell you to write down. Oh, my gosh, you even tell them the notes to write down? This was like, because uh, it's procedural. Like, we're, we're working, they're editing video for their midterm. Um, oh, okay. And so... It's like, this is the what your file name needs to be, and this is, you know, you got to do this step and this step. So it's like, make sure you have this when you go into the computer lab, because it's it's easier for me to tell them in the classroom than the way my lab was built. It's it's not conducive for teaching at the computers, which is a shame, because it's really what I mm-hmm. need. But, um, but yeah, it, again, it's not, it just frustrates me, because I really just want them to always succeed. Like, that's my goal. I don't make stuff to make it hard. I make stuff to be challenging, where you you got to do the work, but it's not meant to be, like, where you can't do it. Like, that's not, my goal is not to fail you. My goal is to teach you, and I want you to learn the this, this stuff, but, I mean, like, we've been studying cross-cutting, because that's what their project is. Um, they had a film, I wrote two scripts, uh, I wrote six scripts, but uh, they were, they're basically two halves. Um, so, like, these two go together, these two go together, these two go together. So they film them separately, but there's uh, a moment where the, the scripts converge, where that's where the cross-cutting comes in. So, like, it could be, like, if someone was robbing, like, breaking into, like, a teacher's desk, and then the teacher's walking down the hallway coming back to the classroom. You would cross-cut back and forth to build the tension until you know the moment where the the person walks into the classroom and either finds the the culprit or there's that fake you know the fake out where we think they're going to get caught but they're hiding like under the desk or something like in back to the future even that's a great example where um in back to future 2 when he's trying to get the uh, the almanac out of the desk of the principal and that we know what the principal's doing and whatever so it's like that's the scripts i wrote and then they filmed them and then uh first and third period did that and then instead of editing their own videos they're editing the other classes video 
and they're editing and partners. So like, uh, we've been studying crosscutting. We watched Inception. That was what we used for crosscutting because you get the really cool like dream crosscutting in that one. You know, where like they're in the van asleep, but like you see Joseph Gordon-Levitt fighting in the hotel room, that kind of thing. Um, and it's just like a really cool movie that like blows high school kids' minds because you know it's Chris Nolan. Um, and so like I had today though like someone like, do we need credits on both videos? I'm like what like there won't be two videos because you're mixing them together like making it one yeah this is what we've been studying you need to play i mean it's kind of inappropriate but you could play to become one by spice girls oh (laughs) (laughs) sorry yeah i thought you were gonna like reference like like an iconic scene from a film like like the godfather (laughs) cross-cutting no no. i'm here with my useless music knowledge (laughs) it's not useless (laughs) maybe we should do i mean this is the this is like the only time i mean actually i will sing that to bill sometimes when i'm like trying to you know i'm like to become one not like that but you know or like to the left to the left i like sing beyonce to him all the time like (laughs) if he needs to turn left or if he needs to look to the left like so i mean in those instances it becomes useful because it's fun but really i'm not you know it's no rocket science up in here well, how how is your because uh, it's cold where you are, right? Effing cold. It was nineteen degrees when I woke up this morning. Jeez. Wow. And we went on a walk tonight, um, because it only snowed really hard like one day, and it did stay on the ground for like a week. But mm. like right now, it's twenty seven. Wow. Yeah. It's it warmed up. We were in the fifties for a couple weeks, and then like today it hit eighty five, and I was like, come on. Ugh. Um, but, yeah, because I've been buying a lot of long-sleeve shirts because, you know, I've been losing weight, and so I've been buying, like, new clothes, especially with my third job being a retail outlet, and we get good discounts right this time of year because of oh, Christmas. Oh, nice. Um, so I've, I've bought a lot of long-sleeve shirts because I really like long-sleeve shirts. Like, I got a friend shirt, Corey. It says friends on yes. the chest, but on the sleeves, it's a long-sleeve. It says, uh, how you doing? And I love that. Like, <laughs> oh, my God, get out of here. I was very excited when I found that. Um <laughs> And today I wore, like, it looks like a, it's a t-shirt, but it looks like a Christmas sweater. And it's Dwight dressed as an elf, and it says, uh, fact, Xmas is here. Um, and, like, I like that. I wore that to work today. Um, you know, I have a few like that, but, like, yeah, it, it's been so nice because I've been able to wear the long sleeve shirts, like, and not be hot. And mm-hmm. then, like, it's starting to get hot again. But it's supposed to get cool. It's supposed to rain tomorrow and then be cool, like, the rest of the week. So hopefully that'll happen. But it won't be as cool as 19 degrees. It'll be like, you know, 55. The nice cool, where like a hoodie is all you need kind of thing. Yeah, I still just wear denim jackets. Yeah, that's Even insane. when it's snowing. I just don't like, I don't know. It, I don't like to wear heavy clothes. I don't like to get hot. Like, that's for sure. Like, um, I was at my other job last night, and I, uh, the, the, the air is controlled by, I guess, our corporate office, and so, like, that's Ooh. in a cold climate, and so they don't think about Florida. At least that's what my boss told me, because, like, they they were, my boss was like, I was hot, but then I look at you, and I'm like, my I had sweat, like, pouring down my head, and I get, I, I get really self-conscious about that, but, you know, when you don't have hair, the sweat does not, like, get caught anywhere. It's at just, least like, your hair isn't, down. like, matted to your True, forehead. true, but I don't know what's worse, like, dripping sweat when you're standing still, um, and I'm like in decent shape right now. I mean, I still have some weight to lose, mind you, but I am, I don't think I've been in this good a shape for a good 15 years. So like, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. 
and still like i was standing in spots and there were certain spots especially where like there was no airflow and i would just start sweating and yeah i was not not feeling that so but i i wore a long sleeve shirt to work because i'm trying to look nice you know like i'm dressing a little more fashionable now that i'm i'm losing weight too i'm like i'm not just wearing nerdy t-shirts i'm like i'll wear like these fancier nicer like still t-shirts per se but they're like plain <laughs> yeah. and like they're like name brands that i had never owned in my life because again retail place that i'm working at has discounts um <laughs> and yeah uh, i really i've i'm i don't know and i i blame david because um, he he gave me a lot of hand-me-down clothes and they're all like uh, american eagle which like until he gave me all these jeans like i think i've only owned like faded glory from walmart for most of my life so like mm-hmm. wearing name brand jeans has changed my like i'm like it they're so comfortable <laughs> like yes so yeah um I, I'm having to like try to to utilize my discount where I can, but um, yes. yeah. But you know, the downside of losing weight is like needing new clothes. But isn't I, I mean, I just really like my clothes, and I do. Like I don't know. I the last about... year, I had loot wear, which is like oh, a yeah. loot crate, but just a t-shirt every month. And so, like, all yeah. of those were like now like ponchos on me. So I had to give them away, and I'm really sad because there's like some really cool ones. <sighs> Like, I had this really awesome little, uh, Big Trouble Little China shirt, and mm-hmm. it, was, it was, like, it looked like I was wearing a cape, like, now, you know? So I had to, like, I'm, I had to give it up, and I'm very sad, because I really like that shirt. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm bummed. And I, I want to do, I'm going to do loot wear again, but I'm going to wait, you know, until I'm, uh, like, at the, my goal weight, once I hit my goal weight, um, which I'm going to be probably about 40 pounds short at the end of the year but i still feel like losing almost 100 pounds in a year is pretty damn good so that's really good so yeah i'm i'm hoping to knock out the last like 40 pounds in the beginning of 2020 and then just work on being healthy forever that's my goal like i i don't want to i don't want to get like i don't want to be super ripped i never want to get back to the weight that i was um and i just you know i just want to stay healthy that's like my big goal so i'm almost there i'm I'm really excited about hitting that number so i mean it's like when you think i don't know uh camille and oh, yeah. emily gordon like shared that today and mm-hmm. i feel like it's so refreshing to know that it took him a year of like eating strictly and working out very you know being very strict With and regimented and yeah all of that it took him a year to get like that and he was like a normal size guy anyway so i just feel like it's refreshing because yeah i, I love how he posted it i i i thought like i thought the picture and, like i'm a big camille fan so i was like good for you man but then reading it and especially how long he wrote i was like this is awesome like i didn't see emily's post though oh i think she posted it on uh on but, twitter yep um but also recognizing that not everybody has the same resources Uh like not everybody can afford to have a personal trainer like i knew somebody who was like locally paying like four hundred dollars a month for a trainer and i mean that's cool and all but that's my car payment and my gas and my electricity so i'm working three jobs not to do that so like you know yeah right (laughs) um yeah so um, but just to, like, that span of time that actually does take time, I don't know. No, agreed completely. Um, yeah, I, and I'm, a, I'm a, again, very 
unabashedly huge Kamel fan. Like I've talked about Kamel quite a bit. I, I love his comedy and I love his acting. Um, I, I like Stuber, even though I, I don't think Stuber is great. I thought he was hilarious in Stuber. He had me cracking up. Silicon Valley, I, I love everybody on Silicon Valley, really, but he is one of the reasons I started watching it. So, yeah. Um, I, I'm, it's cool seeing Like, I, I'm excited to see him in a Marvel movie. Like, it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, I, I do like the Marvel films. I, I, I'm a little burnt out, to be honest, at this point. Like, it's 22 or 23 films is a lot. So I, I'm good with a little break, but um, but I'm excited to see what he does. And again, like seeing the, the progress, because I've been a fan of his for years now. Um, and like seeing like how much muscle he put on is crazy. But again, I, I really appreciate the uh, the candid and transparent, like admittance, you know, that he did this with a lot of help and studio money, not even his own money. Like the studio paid for him to get into the shape for the movie. So that's another thing to point out too he wasn't even dropping his own money which i imagine they're doing pretty well you know i mean maybe not super wealthy but they're they're doing pretty well um and yet still like this required like the studio paying for it kind of thing so Mm -hmm. well um you want to get into what we've been watching yeah so you want to go first or second i'll go first all right I haven't watched a whole lot. Um, my friend totally had me, you know, pegged. Um, I've been watching Handmaid's Tale. Oh, I'm in season host, huh? two. Yep, yeah. I'm in season two. I really like Elizabeth Moss. And I, know. I think that she's a really good badass. Like, I love watching her um, grow and change as, like, Peggy Olsen in freaking Mad Men. And I love seeing her, like, in in oh. this and there's so much like there's a lot of internal like dialogue and just uh, I don't know and I think you would appreciate her as a crier just putting that I, out there I've the movies I've seen her in so far I have become a really big fan that's why I'm excited about her smell next week because she's the star mm-hmm. so. um I think she's great um I haven't seen her in a whole lot but you know uh, she was in the kitchen this year as as well as us she's great in us she's mm-hmm. really good in the kitchen but the kitchen is not a good movie um good. but uh her smell and then she's got something oh the uh the new invisible man movie she's the lead in and she it looks really good uh, did you see the trailer i've seen it many times man i i think it looks great i was really pumped about it um mm, and then I saw Black Christmas Thursday, I think, the night it came out. Yes, because I saw <laughs> I it usually texted you. I usually, yeah, and then you're like, I'm going to keep my thoughts to myself. So I appreciate you and our mutual friend because even though I don't want to be uh, influenced in any way, sometimes I still feel like mm-hmm. I can get influenced so easily. Yeah, just... I feel that way too. I try so not I to read reviews or anything until I write mine. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I just really like the original one, so... Well, I still don't understand why they opted for the name. But, I don't either. Yeah, I mean, other than the fact that it's a sorority, there's really no connection to the original at and all. And that happens at Christmas. Yeah, but, I mean, if 
if they weren't eliciting the sorority, I wouldn't have even thought of it as a you know attempted remake or whatever. But um, I actually also saw it. Um, I really liked it actually uh, way more than I expected, especially because the trailer. I think sells a different movie. It does show way too much, though. Um, but yeah, I, you know what's gonna happen in the movie from the trailer. Yeah, but there the messages and the the what I I can only call is like a Me Too movement vibe that the movie from the get go uh, pushes out there. I was really surprised by it. I thought it had some really smart stuff to say. I actually cared about the characters, which was a big surprise. Um, and it shouldn't have been because uh, Imogen Poots is great. Like I generally like her and everything I've seen her in, um, mm-hmm. and I thought she was really, really good in this movie. But I, I felt like they made the female characters and, and their friendship feel real. And so even though I knew kind of what was going to happen to a degree, um, I, I cared about the outcome. Like I, I did not want them to be victims. Um, and I think that's that's where this movie I think will be very divisive because I think there are some people who are going to do the whole feminist, like anti-feminist rage about it. Um, which is ironic because that's kind of what the movie's mocking in a way. But, uh, I was, I was not expecting it to have anything to say and it had a lot to say and a lot of it's on the nose, but it, it, it worked. It was, it wasn't scary. Um, I, Oh, I just, I don't know. I, I felt like some of it was so cheesy, um, and not like good slasher '80s horror movie throwback cheesy. Um, I was just like, really, really, guys. Um, there's one line that one of the sisters from another sorority says, and I'm just like, y'all. Um, I I just prefer the original, and I think that they should have named it something else. I do think it should have been named something else. I don't see why it's called black christmas other than the attempt the to recognition the seats. yeah yeah exactly um so i mean i'm not mad that i saw it i got a free tote bag that will nicely you know carry some records but um yeah i and i mean i'm glad i saw it in the theaters and there wasn't i don't know and i thought it was kind of interesting because there were quite a few people in there for a thursday night yeah, mine too, actually. And it was in one of the big theaters, which I was really surprised by. Oh. Especially because I went and saw one... Well, I'll say what the other movie is in a minute, but I went and saw what is I thought would be a much bigger movie, and it was in, like, one of our smallest theaters. And, like, it, it was on multiple screens, but still, like, I was like, what's happening? Why is this in this theater? But, yeah, Black Christmas was in one of our larger auditoriums when I saw it on Thursday, and that was surprising. Ours was in one of the small... I think... I'm trying to remember now. I think it was in one of our... Uh, maybe it was in one of our larger ones, but I don't know. But I mean, I, it was fine. I'm not mad about it. I had fun with it. Um, I didn't. I I thought the cheesy lines worked. Um, I laughed quite a bit at some of it. Um, I and I again, I liked the message. Um, and again, keep my. I went in almost expecting it to be just a straight B movie, and was kind of dreading it because the last couple of Blumhouse like weird release horror films have not been good. Um, Truth or Dare being the one I will keep going back to, and uh, I I found this one to be very watchable. So, I I'm gonna say it again. I've already talked to you about it. I think on the podcast, and I need to go back and watch some more. But I like the Hulu Blumhouse uh, <laughs> uh, holiday horror movies. Yeah, they I 
Into the Dark, I think, is the series, but... It's like an anthology just... TV thing, right? More so than movie? No, they're films. No, that's right, that's right, that's right. James Roday did one. That's what, why I keep forgetting the connection. Yeah, they're like an hour and a half each about... They're like the perfect movie time. I've watched a few of them now. Um, and some... I A few of them not like anything I've seen before, which is kind of hard. I watched the Thanksgiving horror movie, guys, and it wasn't Thanksgiving, which never came out. Uh, <laughs> but yeah so that's all i've been watching all right well i watched uh netflix original and if you are a fan of christmas movies and have not seen this you definitely need to called claus k-l-a-u-s um it is uh from this year um stars jason schwartzman who i am a huge fan of uh jk simmons and rashida oh. jones are your big uh three but then um jo- joan cusack Will Sasso and Norm MacDonald are important characters in the movie. It is an animated film. Um, it is, I like the animation style. It is kind of like a reimagining of the origin story of Santa Claus, and it's fantastic. I I cried um, quite a bit at the end actually, uh, where like I could I couldn't speak for a moment because I was afraid I would like actually like start bawling. Um, and Kathy was like, "Are you crying?" I was like, "No," uh, <laughs> but. Um, I, I loved it like it, it's it's in my top uh it's in my top 10 Christmas movies of all time now like immediately I love that you have 10 oh I have uh, a list on letterbox of every Christmas movie I've ever seen in order uh my favorite ranking uh it's a wonderful life being number one um because I freaking love that movie but um yeah it, it immediately jumped up into my top 10 I really 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 love this movie uh, I, I'm actually wanting to rewatch it now like I, I just had so much fun with it I like you know I'm a big Jason Schwartzman fan I mean the dude is a Wes Anderson regular he's in Scott Pilgrim like I just like his you know he's... I just love him and he's his voice and personality comes across so great in this role um it's such an interesting like a origin story too and how they like they piece things together and it's it's one of those it's kind of got like a fan service feel where like if you know like santa claus mythology which most of us i think grew up with at least a little bit if you were celebrating christmas um you just kind of see things and you're like oh that's how he got oh okay oh look at oh my goodness and it's it's great uh, it's just a lot of fun it's so charming and i actually really i don't always care about the animation look but i really like the like the art style of the movie i think it looks really cool it's got this kind of I, I'm not an art person, so I'm like trying to describe it would be pointless because I would, like I'm just gonna. It's got like, you know, the style from some other thing that I don't know what the name of it is, but it's it looks familiar. Really like it. So, um, I went and saw Dark Waters, which is the. Uh, I want to see that. Okay, super good. Like it's super super good, but I what? was so kind of devastated afterwards. <laughs> like. It is not a, a hopeful movie. Oh God! Um, okay, it's like, thank you for telling me that. The world you live in is full of awful things, and you're like, oh, I, yeah. Crap. I do <laughs> prefer to be naive about most yeah. things. I mean, and I, I was like, I'm glad I know, but at the same time, it was like, it was a little crushing at the end. I was like, wait a minute, what now? Like, <laughs> like, and that's not, it's not, it's a true story. But Ruffalo is so good at movies like this. Like, I don't know if you, you saw Spotlight, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ruffalo doing research is, like, somehow so action-packed. I don't understand how two different filmmakers have made, like, him doing research look like the most action-based scene ever. Um, I, I give him credit for it. Uh, I saw Black Christmas. 
Uh, I watched the movie that we're going to be reviewing here, Love Antosha, uh, earlier this weekend. But last night, I went and saw Jumanji, The Next Level. And um, I think it's as fun as the first. I don't think it's as good as the first movie. Or, okay, sorry. I know that technically this is the third movie, and if you count Zathura, it's the fourth movie. But in my head, this is the first actual, like, direct sequel. Like, there are references to Jumanji in Welcome to the Jungle, but here, this is, like, the same characters, and we have the same actors coming back. We have not had that in a Jumanji sequel until this one. Um, I think it's a very serviceable sequel. It's very much a cash grab. The movie was like, did crazy box office. No one expected Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle to do the money that it did. And so, of course, it was going to get a sequel. I think this lives up to it. It's fun. Um, I don't think I laughed as much as I laughed at the first one, but I, I it's fun. It's, it's an entertaining film. Um, Danny Glover and... I got. I think the weakest part of the movie is The Rock trying to do the Danny DeVito character. Like, I don't know what <laughs> accent he's going for, but it's just, I'm like, that doesn't sound like Danny DeVito at all. Like, it, what are you doing? Where Kevin Hart nails Danny Glover. Like, I think he is spot on doing this impression of this, like, old kind of chill, like, black dude. Like, it is, like, it's so perfect. Um, I thought he was really good. The Rock is not bad. It's just like, I'm like, I don't think you should have done the accent. I would have rather you would just been The Rock. Like, because he doesn't sound like Danny DeVito, like, at all. And I, there's there's another thing I'd like to talk about, but it's such a spoiler, I think, because I didn't even know anything about this moment until it happened. So I don't want to talk about it yet, but I, like, really want to talk about it because I want to praise somebody. But if I do, then it's revealing, like, two things that are plot points. So I'm like, I can't. But um, I I enjoyed it uh, again, and I think I think it's only ninety minutes. It's just over ninety minutes, so like they did a good job of keeping it you know on point and, and it works. It, it's plot wise, it's just a rehash, but it's a video game movie, so you kind of expect that. You know, it's I know it's not an actual video game, but we've been calling the first one Welcome to the Jungle. Sorry, a vi- the best video game movie because it feels like a video game, but it's a movie. And I think this does a good job of being a sequel where it's like, yeah, it's the same thing again, but a few new jokes and a few new upgrades and things like that. And it just, it works again. If you like welcome to the jungle, I think you'll enjoy the next level. But, and I watched the most recent episode of Mandalorian. Nice. Which I really enjoy that show. It's a lot of fun. Nice. Okay. Well with that, we will get into our main review of the documentary love and Tosha. Um, and let's do a little front-loading here. Corey and I are both big fans of Anton Yelchin. Um, I, oddly, uh, I will always remember where I was when I found out he had died because I was at the airport getting ready to fly to Boston. Um, it was the same year Green Room came out, which Green Room, like, blew my mind. I loved Green Room so, so much. Uh, and so his, his death was totally shocking. Um... I guess it was the same year I saw Green Room. I guess technically Green Room came out in 2015, but it was officially released in 2016. It was one of those indie darlings. You know, it got the festival release, which is the 15 date, but I believe um, it came out in May 2016. And uh, he would die in June when I was flying off to Boston for a training. Um, and <sighs> the the tragedy to me, um, and it was the same year as Star Trek Beyond, if I'm not mistaken. I think that came out like right around the same time as Green Room. Um, and uh, I've seen most of his filmography at this point. I have not seen all. Uh, in fact, um, the, the documentary we watched 
made me aware of some movies I had no clue about. Um, even though I've looked multiple times at his letterbox uh, entries and like you know what he's what he's done, and I just haven't made it to all of them. But um, this documentary, to give the stats, it's um, from this year, an hour and thirty-two minutes long, so nice and uh, brief. Um, it was officially released on August second. Uh, directed by Garrett Price, who I don't know much about him as, or I'm assuming him. Um, it looks like he's mainly an editor and he's only, oh yeah, this is his directorial debut. Um, so that would explain why I don't know much about him, but he's edited quite a bit of stuff. Um, but, uh, documentary has a 78 meta score, 8.2 IMDb user score. Uh, and it is the extraordinary life and career of an actor Anton Yelchin. And you get tons and tons of amazing, uh, videos or, uh, interviews, I should say, and celebrities talking about him, which I have so many I want to talk about, but the, there's one odd choice that we'll get to, um, I'm sure, yeah. uh, which I, I, there's an article where the director explains why. And so I just pulled uh, it up. Yeah. Um, cause I was watching, I was like, what, what is happening? Um, but, uh, Love Antosha. So if you've never listened to the podcast, just a heads up, we start with a spoiler-free review where we just kind of give our, our take on what we liked um, or what, how we felt about it. I, I just can't imagine Corey didn't like this. Um, oh, I and, hated it so much. I'm yeah. I mean, to a degree, it was really hard to, to watch. Um, and, uh, you know, what? let's... let's Maybe we'll break format a little bit. Let's... Uh, we're not going to jump to spoilers yet, but... Um, I predicted, uh, even I, I wrote in our, like, uh, preview on the, for the site that it's a movie that would likely leave us dehydrated because of all the crying. Um, I, I did not cry for a long time during the movie. And then like when they started talking about his death, I, I cried real hard, like for a while, like, <laughs> I, I did cry a lot, like ugly, ugly cry, not just a tear rolling down my face. Like often when I say I cried, that's what I mean. This was like, no, I'm actually crying. Um, and at one point before that, uh, I teared up a few times before the, the really talking about his death and like Kathy w walked in to say goodbye cause she was going to work and she's like, are you crying? I'm like, stop. You know, like <laughs> I cry at movies. It's something that happens. Um, but, uh, did, did you No really heartless i know stone cold um i teared up like a little bit towards the very very end and well no i'm lying i actually cried when they were doing all the stuff at the end the very end with like i forget what it's called they're like just putting up the words for us i okay like to read they're like and this happens and this and this they're just like filling in and like wrapping up the story um, so that I did cry. It got me in the feels a few times, but I don't, I don't, <sighs> I, and I know that we've talked about this before and we've said it about, I think like Mr. Rogers, but I just love that nobody ever came out with anything like ugly to say about him after he died. Yeah. And at the same time, they didn't, they don't paint him as a saint either. No. And I that... love that. Yeah, me too. I loved finding out he was a whole person and that it was that it wasn't all over for everybody's business. It wasn't in the tabloids. It wasn't well-known knowledge. Only people that were close to him knew. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I don't think there's a 
it's not a plot, so I'm not considering this a spoiler, but they, they talk about him having CF, um, which is cystic fibrosis, which is a disease that I didn't know much about until, God, I guess it was five or six years ago, um, I had a student um, named Jerry who uh, died earlier this year um, from CF and the complications that CF brings. And, uh, you know, realizing that Anton had it, and in some ways, like, I respect why he was quiet about it, but at the same time, I think it's an illness that people need to be more aware of, so I, I do wish he'd been a little public about it. Um, but then, I I wonder if it could have affected his ability to get jobs. I think it could have, and that's why I don't, I'm not upset with him or anything like that, but I could see why someone might be be upset, I guess is what I'm, I'm like, I, I get it because he's he has a form to be able to make it like a more known disease but there's you know now we have uh, five feet apart came out earlier this year um that talks about cf and uh does a pretty good job with it um but like so knowing that anton is dead going into this movie and then finding out that he had cf which is connected to a student who died earlier this year um it was it definitely was like oh boy okay um priming the emotions right away but um i really i i loved watching this and i love seeing how much of a professional he was um with how serious he took acting like i i just there's the the seeing his screenplay like the scripts and like all of his notes that he wrote on them was just really cool um I think that it was so much more than that, though. I think that, I mean, there were so many people telling us how involved he was in all Mm -hmm. facets of filmmaking. Like, even if he wasn't in scenes or didn't need to be on set that day, he was still still present, still asking questions, still. Um, I just, I think that, I don't know. I feel like, ugh. We can talk about it after spoilers if you want. Yeah, and that's, like, I, I feel like there's not a way to spoil this per se. But at the know. same time, like, there were, I, I knew, like, some of the, the people who were going to be in the documentary. But, like, hearing what they had to say and stuff, I thought was really cool. And I that's really what I want us to talk about a lot. Um, and that, I do feel like, could be a spoiler. So that's why what we'll save for spoilers. But, yeah, um, it's a really cool, like, expose of who he was and it it covers most of his life like um all 27 years uh all 27 short years um you know going to how he got to america which i thought was really cool um and they're the theme and also like i didn't know what the name meant of the movie until watching it like i mean love antosha I, i assumed antosha was his like real name instead of anton Mm-hmm. But like it's the name of the movie's love, comma Antosha, and I didn't know what that meant or why that was the name of the movie until watching it, and then it was like that was kind of heartbreaking in a way, um, and also endearing. I I was a big Anton Yelchin fan going into this, and I am a I would say I'm a massive Anton Yelchin fan, as, not just as a uh, actor, which is what I was a fan of before, but like like what a cool what person and what a caring, loving person. Um, and again, not that he's perfect, not that he's perfect at all. And he has, he has a weird side that I definitely want to talk about in spoilers. <laughs> I loved it. Um, yeah. Well, I hate it. I hate it because I, there was a point when I was watching this and seeing like how much he loves 
being an actor and how much he loves film and, and his thought process. And then there's stuff in the movie that I can never show my students because I totally was like, this is a perfect film to show my students because it's like the craft of acting and how, you know, how important it was to him. And then there's just now there's stuff in it that I'd have to skip over um, to show it to my high school kids. So it was like, well, I get why it's in here and I think it's appropriate that it's in here, but it still stinks because it takes it. I can't easily show this movie now. Um and that was disappointing just because again like while i was watching it i was like this would be so great to show my film kids and i was like crap <laughs> i can't show my film kids now <laughs> but um i am gonna say uh sometimes we buy these movies and we regret it like last week's highlight often and then sometimes we buy these movies and i'm like yeah i will definitely uh, even if i don't revisit it i want to show this to other people because it's a movie that i think um film lovers can appreciate because he was a film lover like he was a an academic of film and i really you know i don't know if this ever happens to you but sometimes like there are celebrities when i learn about them as like people i'm like i think we would have been really good friends if we'd ever had the opportunity to meet like i think we have similar interests and we have similar passions and um i think in some ways like you know anton was younger than me by 10 you know quite a bit um not 10 years but very close uh but nonetheless, like, I feel like our passion for film would have driven us to, like, get along. And based on the stories that we hear from his co-stars, I, th- I, I think if you meet him, there's a good chance you're going to become friends with him because he's just such a likable person. So. Yes. Um, all right. That's Corey and I both uh, enjoyed the film um, and we were going to get into spoilers. So. Guys, from here on out, we are going to talk about Love and Tasha and Tosha. Sorry, in great detail. You've been warned. It was fifteen dollars to purchase it. Just go do it. Yeah, I'm not regretting that at all because again, I really enjoyed it, and I can totally see going back to this. Okay, yes. so let's talk about the uh, caged elephant in the room. Um, Nick Cage. <laughs> so um, I go ahead. I mean, I knew he was in it because he's in the credits on IMDb, but he's you don't see him. And he reads the uh, diary entries and notes and emails from Anton. He is the voice of Anton Yelchin's uh, letters in this movie. I remember hearing that at some point, um, and I had forgotten that. And then it's not like Zany times a million over the top Nicolas Cage, though. I thought he did a great job. He does. Um, yeah, he's. It's a very subdued reading, and uh, again, he I was has so a nice shocked. Voice. Yeah, he does for sure. He, n- let's be real. Nicolas Cage is not a horrible actor. He's just done some really weird movies, and he has done some very big performances. But there are some really great performances in his career. It's just it's been a while since we've really had yeah. one. Um, I thought I had a, a screenshot of the article because there was one thing in particular oh. that. Well, I found one, if anybody wants to read it, on Vulture.com, uh, how Nicolas Cage wound up narrating the Anton Yelchin documentary, Love Antosha. Yeah, and from what I, I recall, uh, basically, the mom called it out. Like uh, His mom told the director, like, Nicolas Cage would be perfect. And then that's what happened, um, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, um, and again, he, it's, not, it's not a criticism. He does, the, he does it well. It was a little jarring when i first realized it because i was like yeah. why is nick cage his voice like it's such a weird like 
what? And he's he's done I think two two or three movies with Nick Cage, um, in his career. So like it's not like they haven't met, but he he wasn't interviewed. Like he's not a talking head in the movie at all. I I kind of like that it separated like that though. Yeah, since they chose him to be the voice, I agree. Like it would have been more jarring if he was suddenly being interviewed, unless he was being interviewed about why he was the voice. You know, first, like let's acknowledge that he's the voice, and then we can talk about Nick Cage and his relationship. But yeah, um, and I just like skimming over this article too. I didn't realize that he was eighteen when he learned he had cystic fibrosis. I didn't know I... that it was eighteen. Yeah. Yeah, I knew we knew that he they like didn't tell him for a while, but I thought that it was probably younger. Um, oh, that's true too. I, yeah, he had it earlier, but he didn't know he had it until he was. Yeah, um, I. So there, guys, I bought the vinyl soundtrack. If you want to call it a soundtrack, it's like his original songs, but um, with the band that he plays with that they have the film the clips of um they have a book that i really want of his photography and i've been wanting it for a little while where i was it's 40 dollars oh my god well i I was literally after watching i was like oh this would be a really cool christmas present for Corey because i was like there's got to be a photo book and i didn't see it on amazon is it a love antosha or is it something no it's um i would have to find it really fast but i was telling bill about it tonight i was like there's a book i want but it's like 40 dollars um guys it's hard for me to spend like 16 to 20 dollars on a paperback uh because i don't like mass market um but i i think he's like get it for christmas and i think i'm gonna take him up on that offer um because it it it's just a photo book of his um and i'm I'm not even it's called in case of fire yes i thought it was something to do with fire but then i was thinking of Oh God! Now I just forgot. But a Charles Bukowski book. But there's an Anton Yelchin inspirational coloring book on Amazon for ten bucks. Oh my God! <laughs> when I'm having a stressful day, I'll just pull out the color pencils. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, it's nine ninety nine to buy the movie right now on Amazon, of course, because you know we already bought it. Because we already so. purchased it. Um, and we did buy it in standard definition uh, instead of HD, just for the record. But, um. In case of fire, yeah, forty bucks. Um, I'm buying it. It's just happening. Bill said I could. Yeah. <laughs> I'll wrap it in pen under the tree from the cat. Oh, some of the um, photos are in the movie. Yeah, I was just scrolling through that. Um, I mean, I wish it wasn't forty dollars, but I'll definitely be buying it. Um, oh, and it just came out in January of this year. Interesting. Yeah, well, 127 pages. So, uh, part of the documentary is on his photography that he like. He's just an artist in general. I just um, love that he's a weirdy. And that is the part that is uh, problematic for me because there's just like all of a sudden boobs in the movie. And uh, like there's at least there's way more boobs in this documentary than there should be. Um, uh, I mean, OK, because it's a, it's not about like if the documentary but, was about like, you know, but, sex or something, I would totally get it. But it comes out of nowhere and not it's not I'm not saying it shouldn't be there. It definitely fits. But I wasn't expecting it. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially because the first part of the movie that's not there, one of his short films that he made or one of his home movies, however you want to say it, um, like, it's I think it was the Dreams one, uh, they, they started showing, like, porn magazines and stuff because they were horny kids is what they say. And, like, so, and they're not, they're distorted color-wise, but they're still, like, very clearly naked women. And then um, when we start talking about his photography, we learn that uh, he would take, just crazy pictures and like he would lurk is i think he called himself a lurker right yeah he and his friends yeah and then um but then there's like 
you know, uh, topless women with like masks on and like it's some some weird stuff. Well, they're they're like talking it. They're talking about with Chris Pine um, that he comes to the sets and he's like, dude, I went so deep into the valley last night in L.A. and he like he was, I I just I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I I was I don't have you know students I want to show this to. Um, well, true, and again, I'm not. It's not a criticism. It's just, it's like it's unexpected. Crap! I wish that wasn't there, only because it makes it where like I would either have to skip those sections, um, or not show, like just show clips of the movie, which I could do either or. But um, I do, and I think it's a, a well made documentary. I think the the use of home video that we get, like, because his parents were so involved. Um, that there's so many photos and home videos of him as a kid and him acting as a kid um, and all of his movies that he made with his friends. Like, it's just, it's such access to this, who he was, that it's really, really cool, like, to see all of this. Um, I love, I haven't seen a whole lot of his movies. Like, I need to definitely just make a list and start, you know, crossing them off. But especially his younger ones. I think yeah. uh, when I became aware of him was, uh, oh my god, am I forgetting the name of that movie? It has JT in it, and Ben Foster. Oh, Alpha Dog. I watched that yes, one not long ago. I was going to say, Dog um, is in the title, but I think that was the first I was aware of him, maybe. Um, and then, of course, Love Him as Chekhov. Um, and that's where I became a big fan. But I just... I just and sorry, this might be a little inappropriate. I don't know who's listening, but I love that they like drop that he's like doing mushrooms and mm-hmm. just that they're not like they're not editing who he is. And all these people who clearly love him are all talking about these different parts of his life. And I love that he just wanted to share what he loved with other people. And who talks about their favorite books anymore? You know? Yeah. Um, um, and I I have seen thirty five percent of his movies according to um, Letterboxd. Um, I can't remember if I saw Smurfs two or not. I didn't actually realize he was a Smurf until this movie, by the way. Um, but we definitely saw the first one. Uh, I don't know if I saw the second one, but um, I bought two. Uh, like this week, like they come tomorrow. I bought Hearts in Atlantis, and I bought the um like crazy with uh felicity jones because i love felicity jones and so i was very excited when i found out he was in a movie with her i had no clue Mm -hmm. um god and i bought that movie the driftless something with zoe deschanel and i just can't bring myself to watch it because of her but um i like i just think that he was a nice guy and i love that we get Kristen Stewart talking about how he broke her heart when she's yes. like 14 I think and that it was so devastating to her but then many years later after he gets his heart broken he calls and he's like I'm sorry this sucks yeah that was really cool um and she's such an awkward speaker like that's kind of like her mo like she's always a little uncomfortable with interviews and stuff but I I think she really tried to be candid about it and I, th- I thought her interview was great but I do want to talk about chris pine so much please talk about chris pine i love chris pine before watching this documentary like i think he's a really good actor i like him in a lot of stuff holy hell i love him now like how 
cool was he talking about Anton? Like, I did not expect, of all the people talking about Anton, I did not expect him to have the most, like, insight into him. And, like, I just thought what he said about him and, like, the, them playing guitar and then, like, the scenes where, like, when he was talking about him falling asleep on Anton's lap and Anton not wanting to move to wake him up, but, like, being, like, I just, uh And then the, the thing I think that crushed me the most was when he was talking about Anton's sudden death and mm. how he'd suffered with CF, a, a disease where it stops you from breathing and how he was pinned up against the fence, not able to breathe and how painfully, horribly ironic that is. And I, I just, man, when you just hear the pain in his voice when he's talking about that. And I, I already, again, thought Chris Pine was pretty great. And now I'm just like, this guy seems so cool. And it, all of the Star Trek stuff I thought was amazing, just hearing how, like, connected they were. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really, really cool. And Like, I I knew he was a baby on these movies, but I forgot he was only 17 when the yeah, first one. I didn't realize like, that at all. Yeah. And I kind of forgot there were three until I was watching this. Like, I've seen all three, but I, I kind of forget the second one because it's not so good. And I actually really like Star Trek Beyond. I thought it was so much fun. I know a lot of Star Trek fans hate that movie because it totally deviates from traditional Star Trek stuff. But I, I had a blast with that. Um, but like hearing JJ talk about him and I am a big JJ Abrams fan anyways. Um, but hearing him talk about Anton and then just, just everyone like, uh, Willem Dafoe. Uh, I he, loved, Oh, loved his interview. Yeah, me too. That's the interviews are so great. And it's like, like you said, I love hearing about Anton and how respected he was like Anthony Hopkins talking about him. Um, uh, Franklin Jella. Like, yeah. oh my god, the praise he put on Anton was so touching. Like, I I was just awed by how much other people respected him and loved him. And then, I, I'm so bummed that we are not going to get the directed film that he was working on um, called Travis. You know, the like the clearly taxi driver inspired, you know, and, and that's where the documentary, I think, succeeds too, because they have like this narrative full circle we're told early that the first movie movie that he has shown is taxi driver and that's where he like really starts to embrace film in a, in a new way more so than just something you do for entertainment and then how like his directorial debut that he had a script for that he had money ready and then he dies before he gets to make it and i think jodie foster's interview because uh he worked with her on the beaver she it it almost in a way sounds like she's not belittling what he was doing but like that he had more to do than acting she was alluding to that he was a director i think she's implying had he not died he would have become one of those directors like one of those iconic auteur directors who started off as an actor but he had something to say and he had been holding it back like learning the craft from behind the scenes which is why he was always on the set and i think we have been deprived a masterful artist before he ever got to make his art um i mean he made some art we have we have this excellent actor who is so good in everything i mean odd thomas made me cry so hard and it's because of him like he is so good at being a real human being in these movies that are sometimes surreal like odd thomas for example um which is where he worked with defoe at least one of the movies he worked with defoe but 
I, I just, I was already a huge fan of Anton Yelchin, and I'm a bigger fan now. I am even more devastated that we've lost him, because I, I do think art's important. I think the art that we put into the world is is so valuable, and, um, you know, I, I'm sad over a lot of losses. It's not to say that I'm, I'm only sad because of him or Mr. Rogers or whatever, but the fact that he was 27, and the fact that I'm I'm grateful that his star didn't burn out because of drugs. Yeah. But at the same time, at least then it doesn't feel like you were like I don't know, it doesn't something feels different about this freak accident. You know what I mean? Like this this fluke of a thing that this car had a weird recall where it was in park but it thought it was in neutral. <laughs> I, I all I can think of every time that I read about it, every time I hear about it, or I just think of Fight Club. Oh, oh you got to elaborate now because I'm like, wait, hold on, what? Do you well, mean? isn't like that the whole speech that they have on the plane when they meet is that um, there are all these cars and all of these recalls, but it costs more money to recall them than it oh. does to settle the lawsuits. Oh yes, okay, yes, totally. That's his his job. Yeah, sorry. Uh, my yeah. brain was thinking more like the the metaphysical like you know oh well, god i'm not that smart um but uh yeah i mean it's just such a crazy thing and for like it to happen to a celebrity and like that it pinned him up against his and seeing the gate like bent and stuff like that was i didn't know we were gonna see like it's not like a graphic image or anything but it was it was heartbreaking to just be reminded of what happened and i you know i am I'm grateful that we have, and he did a lot. Like for his age, he's his filmography is massive, um, so we have a lot to still work through. Um, and honestly, uh, Corey, I, I think I'm gonna I'm going to put you on the spot and make a request um, oh for next year. Uh, we we've already picked our themes for next year, but what I would like to, to propose, uh, I'm pulling up the the list now. Um, we have a few options uh but i was thinking that um well i kind of like our theme for that month now i'm hesitating but what i was thinking is for february we always do like something with love or romance or whatever but i was thinking if we called february love antosha and pick four movies of his that we haven't seen um okay and we i but i also i kind of like the the theme we currently have which is love stinks um so I don't want to like completely bail on that. Uh, so maybe I'll look around and see if we can move something. Cause we haven't picked all of our movies yet. Um, no. so we've got some good themes for next year though. I'm very excited about 2020, um, for a lot of reasons, but you know, um, I thought this documentary was full of great interviews. Uh, the, but the Chris Pine and the Star Trek ones were definitely my favorites. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed his, but I actually, I don't know. I, I really liked what, Kristen Stewart had to say a lot. I did too. Uh, I liked her a lot. Um, I also I liked all the Star Trek people, like Quinto. J Law. Yeah. Okay, so I am not a big J Law fan. I'm not really either. And she admitted to being a bad actress in this, and that made my freaking day. Like she straight up like was talking about working with him on the Beaver, and uh, was like he was doing different takes, and maybe I should do this or that, and she was like. I just read the lines. I'm like, yes, you do. That is exactly my point. It is not a craft to you. It is a job. Anton, it was an art. He was crafting his characters. And, like, those notes on his screenplays show that. So much thought and depth went into every move that he made on camera. 
and man, uh, just natural. Which I don't remember who said they like start to call him a natural, and they say like I don't want to say he was a natural. I think it might have been JJ. Um, and I'm just, I'm like no, I think you're completely right. I think he is a natural. This came not to say he didn't, because that's people hesitate to use natural, implying that they don't work hard, and that's clearly not the case with Anton Yelchin. But there was something there. He understood film from early on at a level that most people do not and and i'm not saying i do uh i've tried to over the last several years especially to really get into that academic side of understanding film and it's it's a lot of work and it just seems like it it's it again he did the research he watched the movies um i loved all the john cho stuff too because i I, it's cool seeing that like they work together on star trek but they worked together before that yeah which that that's kind of where i like his earlier stuff is where I'm really lacking, but I didn't realize that, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I like that a lot too. And then um, I guess we should at least talk a little bit about the name of the movie. Uh, Love Antosha is in reference to the mother's the letters that he would write his mom. And I I I am not close with family. Uh, that is not something that I've ever really been. Um, so it's hard for me to see like someone who loves their parents so unabashedly because it doesn't feel normal to me i guess um and i i don't mean to say that it's not but i the fact that he wrote his mom so many letters and that she kept them all is absolutely adorable and um i love that that's the name of the movie as a result like it's so great i loved how they would like make it look like it was his him writing his journal entries too Mm mm-hmm um, and how they would like make it look like he was drawing drawing himself um yes. like love Antosha and then the little drawing of himself and then um I loved their relationship a whole lot like how he would always dance with his mom I mm-hmm. mean come on well and both parents seem so like I mean it, their story is so cool that they left the Soviet Union to or they left Russia uh, to give him a better life and they were like these really great like dancers or uh, ice skaters um right it was ice skating yeah they're figure skaters um they left their country to give antosha a better life and like they're they're still together is really awesome um you know because that's not something you hear enough about is like married couple lasting you know so it's or even like through such a tragedy too after yeah and i mean they don't he has no brothers right like this, he's the only he's child, the only one yeah which is interesting too they don't really get into that um but yeah like their closeness and um of the whole family but definitely he was much closer with his mom but is there still like a closeness with the dad and the, the dad talks about like he was taught not to cry um but you know then he does say like how he right am i making that up he does talk about it, like yeah he yeah. says that he was taught to be a man and not cry yeah um but then says how he, he bawled when he held anton as a baby and uh, um how she's talking about how her husband told her to just pretend that he's on a really long you know movie shoot yes. but she can't do that because he calls all the time he calls all the time oh oddly someone just liked our my tweet about the movie um like while we're talking about it, that's kind of funny um, oh, there's an Anton Yelchin Foundation that retweeted my uh, post. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. Uh, 
I, I totally, uh, love the doc. Um, I, I'm, I'm still devastated that we lost him so young. And I, one thing I'm bummed about with the documentary is they, they really gloss over green room. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's such a good interview. Um, I think that you might've shown it to me, but it's him and Jeremy Saunier. And I can't remember who is interviewing them or what website it is, but it's such a good interview. Um, and I feel like it wouldn't be bad. It wouldn't be hard to find if anybody's interested in it. And I'm, I was a little disappointed that Saulnier wasn't in the doc and I don't know whose fault it could be scheduling. I mean, there's a million reasons why it might not be, um, or even like image and poots. Cause they're in two movies together. They did fright night together and then they did uh, green room. So I was a little like, why no interview from her? Like, I feel like, I mean, sure, it's possible they didn't get along or whatever, but, you know, and again, there's always a billion reasons why someone may not be available or maybe they don't want to talk about it. Maybe it's too hard to talk about, you know? Um, but it's still, like, those are people that I would have liked to have seen in the doc. Not, again, a criticism um, of the documentary, just things that, like, it's so good that I would have liked these things as well. Actually, um, these... Oh, no, I forgot what I was going to say. Never mind. But yeah, I um, I really, really, really enjoyed watching this. Uh, even though I was again very sad, um, at points. But I, I definitely glad that I bought it. I do want to show clips of it to my students because I think it's a really great I- example of like understanding film at a strong level and that professionalism. You know, um, the drive that he had to be great at what he was doing. Dedication. Inspirational. For, for me at least and again uh, his love of movies because I, I love like John Cho talks about him showing him some weird movie and like uh, Cho being like that was amazing like yeah I'm glad you liked it I've seen it like 20 times <laughs> like no big deal and I love that his parents were like if you're going to be serious about this we're going to have to show you good films so that you don't think that Space Jam is just like the pinnacle yes, of yeah. movies and they let him watch these you know, and I know that we were in the same boat which I mean I wasn't, I don't yeah. know. Well, you know, but... I, I don't talk about it a lot, but my mom was wanting to be an actress um, when I was a kid. Like, she had an agent, and, I mean, but in Florida, so, you're, you know, your your work options are never going to be strong for acting in Florida. There's not a lot here. Uh, and yet, um, I do, like, you know, I went, I saw Ghostbusters in the theater when I was, like, two years old, and I went, going to the theater was a regular thing with, with my mom, and I think her love of movies definitely found its way into me. Um, and I, I, I love that they nurtured him with that and also that they didn't push him. This isn't one of those stories where it's like, Oh, we, we wanted him to be famous. It was like, no, no. At any point, if he had decided he didn't want to do it, you could tell they would have stopped immediately. Um, and I I think they say that, that, you know, if you don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Oh, they do. I mean, but anybody can say that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's like in hindsight, you don't want to sound like those evil parents, but I don't. Obviously, there's no signs of that at all. Like they are clearly nurturing, and um, like he he was doing commercials, and he said, "I don't really want to do this anymore." And then he found film, and that's definitely where he clicked. And it's just it's just a great um, it's a great tragedy, uh, you know? Because again, I think if I think if we had time to let him direct, I think we might have got to witness just this masterful artist with something to say 
and you know you see it like i mean he expressed himself through music he expressed himself through photography he expressed himself as an actor i who was it that said that he does everything on the side they were talking about his photographs he's like yeah i do it on the side and they're like he does everything on the side i feel like it was chris pine though because pine spends a lot Uh of time he introduces the whole photography thing because he's he calls him naughty at one point (laughs) i love that yeah yeah and then um uh chris pine says like he he would like see uh some of the photographs and be like freaked out for days over it (laughs) and wasn't jj abrams is like and to freak out chris pine yeah like um yeah and I, I liked uh, naughty because you see um, Zoe Saldana has some really nice uh, things to say, and then uh, Sophia Batella, who shows up in Star Trek Beyond, and um, she she seems like she really clicked with him right away. And like, there's some really cool pictures of them like backstage or behind the scenes. I I was so kind of blown away by that whole s- sequence because like I I guess. I know he's in Star Trek, and I'm, I know he's a major character, but in my head, he was such a small-time actor by comparison to, like, Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto at the time because he was coming off of Heroes, um, which, like, at this point, Quinto's... He's in stuff, but he's not, like, super famous. Uh, but, you know, for to hear them, like, talk about him, not only as, like, a peer, but, like, almost like they're looking up to him was even more inspiring because it's like you just get this vibe of who he was and i think the documentary does a really good job of that and again i like i I think we both have stressed it's not a heroizing or a you know they're not they're not making him a god he's not uh infallible he's definitely flawed and he embraced his flaws he knew you know that yeah it's implied that he might have been not necessarily a womanizer but that he slept around quite a bit because the ladies loved him apparently well i mean baby face <laughs> and i mean he's a nice guy and we never heard about it you know what i mean yeah I, yeah I, there's I, no there's no implications uh they don't they don't talk about like heavy drug use they do talk about the mushrooms but like the impl- implications he was probably drinking and partying a little bit um but yeah um i don't think excessively uh although it's it could be but i mean i, I don't feel like the movie tries to act like he's some perfect well, individual yeah, but I feel like after they talked about that, that they were talking about how he wasn't well and taking care of himself, and he told his mother in an email that he had to get healthy and start taking better care of himself, and also he was, uh, you know, going back and forth with his, uh, what, the therapist, the breathing therapist? Yeah, the CF was, like, I think a lot of that was more focused on CF and eating. I think, like, the way he would eat was probably not so good, which... You hear that a lot with like actors because if you're not like doing a nutritionalist uh you're you're on the road or whatever you're eating out and probably go go go, go go and then yeah drinking is you know commonplace as well like just being on like partying hanging out that kind of thing but yeah well yeah. that is um love antosha uh our ratings i i definitely am giving it a must see uh, without any hesitation uh yeah it, it's it's really great um i am very glad that you picked it uh i you have right now you're two for two this this month um i loved the last black man in san francisco and i loved uh love antosha um i am oh for oh for one right now uh with i can't remember what you made me watch oh high life. High life. yeah neither of us cared for that i i hope that her smell does not prove to be um bad because i'll feel awful 
Uh, it seems like it's up our alley, though, more so than High Life. Again, I want to point out, I literally did not know what High Life was about um, at all. Uh, should have done a little more research before I dove into that one. This one, I, I know enough about, at least the plot. Is it she a rock star? Rock yeah, singer? she's like a punk musician. Yeah, so uh, that's up our alley. And um, it has Elizabeth Moths, who we are both fans of. The one thing that makes me nervous is Cara oh, Delevingne. Gosh. Um, Cara Delevingne is in this movie, and she's not been consistently good. So I don't. She's know. never been good. I liked her in Paper Towns. Oh, see, that wasn't even a movie. I was. I like Paper Towns. I I, I did. Um, to be fair, she's barely in Paper Towns. Like <laughs> she's she's in like she's the major plot of the movie, but her character is in the beginning, and then she vanishes, and he goes on the look for her like on a road trip. Um, and then she's like in the end scene, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's not a major role for her. She was not good in, uh, the Valerian and house, whatever that movie's title was. But but... you know what? You know what? Neither was Dane DeHaan. And so there we are. There was no one in that movie that was good. Brianna was the best part. Sorry. And Ethan Hawke. Um, word. Her smell 2018, uh, the official, Released because of festivals, but its official release date is May of this year. Uh, directed by Alex Ross Perry, who I have become a fan of through Blank Check podcast. Um, I do think this is the first Alex Ross Perry movie I am actually seeing, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but he's a regular, well, regular-ish guest on Blank Check as a podcast that I listen to a whole lot. Um, yeah, I've not seen any of his films so far. Um, Her Smell stars, as I said, Elizabeth Moss. Cara Delevingne, Dan Stevens, who I'm also a big fan of, Agnes Dine, Gail Rankin, Ashley Benson. I'm guessing that's the gist of the big name people. Um, Eric Stoltz is in this. And Virginia Madsen. Um, Amber Heard. Does she do her own singing in this? I can't remember. I felt like it was... I don't know. Maybe someone famous that's saying... Oh, interesting. Well, it says the self-destructive punk rocker struggles with sobriety while trying to recapture the creative inspiration that led her band to success. Um, that sounds like it's up my alley uh, in almost every way. Um, I like movies like this, so we'll see. Um, but uh, I'm looking forward to watching it again. I, I like Elizabeth Mo- Moss enough that that was a selling point. Um, but that's what we'll be watching on our next and last episode of 2019. Um and then we'll be moving into our 2020 year as well as hopefully having some uh, top five episodes with our best five of the year. Uh, maybe top five returns that we do uh, every year where the movies that we watch this year we wish we could not have watched. Um, maybe High Life is on that list. Maybe not. Um, it's not one of the worst movies I've seen this year by far, but it is still not a movie that I, I'm glad that I watched because i I just perturbed by so much of it. But um, yeah that's uh that's the episode um we'll be back next week uh in the meantime if you'd like to follow us on social media i'm at burke reviews and Corey. at Corey r star two r's on the end and if you like what we're doing please rate and review us on whatever service you use to listen it helps new users uh find us and we appreciate that help um so until next time keep watching movies This has been a Burke Reviews podcast, burkereviews.com.